0: Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. I am this morning telling you this message is so simple. It's a simple message. I'm going to finish and go, I knew that. I know you know it. But I'm telling you in 2020, you need to be reminded of what I'm going to share with you this morning. And so, um, let me get it started this way. I, I have a little grandson. He is seven. And he's getting at that age, you know, he gets a little mouthy at seven. Well, they start earlier than that. But it shows up even more. And so, he was mouthy with his mom a while back. And I said to her, you know what I'm going to do? Tonight, I'm going to touch in with you. We'll FaceTime. And I'll talk to him a little bit because I'm his papa, you know. And grandkids listen to papa a little bit. So, I'll, I'll talk. I'll help him with his mouthiness. And so... Uh, probably yeah, after dinner, it was probably 6 or 7, I got my phone out and I Facetime Jackson, that's his name, and we're talking on FaceTime, and first of all, I'm showing him a bunch of Pokemon cards, you know, you got to relate to them, all that stuff, and then I knew I was going to turn the corner and talk to him about his mouthiness, but I was trying to have some fun first, and then I turned the corner. And I started talking to him about some disrespect he'd been showing his mom and how I didn't want him to be that way. And that's not the way Papa lives and all that stuff, you know, adults say to kids. And so he's doing this as I'm talking, he's not saying anything at this point, but he's just going, "Mm, mm, mm," like he's really eating it up. And then my daughter walked in the room and she took a little iPad he was using and she said, dad, how long you been talking to him? Because just so you know, he's had you muted the whole time. And I thought about the fact, that is so us, isn't it? I want to tell everybody, no, don't mute me. But when you want to say something to me, mute. And we do it. We do it sometime in a service, don't we? God is speaking to us and all of a sudden, we we kind of mute him. And this morning, as simple as this message is, can I just invite you to not mute the spirit of God today? Like when I say something, the Lord uses me to speak this morning and you go, that is for me. Just open your arms and go, I receive that. Have that spirit today. I'm going to talk from my heart today. Uh, Normally, you know, I'm I'm a big prop guy. usually have a big prop or something on stage. And today I'm just going to talk from my heart. I'm going to tell you where this started. Two weeks ago. I was looking at my calendar. I'm coming down to Baton Rouge. I'm going to go to the healing place. And I have have this little stool in my office. It's not quite as pretty as this little stool. But I have this stool in my office. And I just got on it. I sat on the stool. And I just said, Lord, why do you want me to share at the healing place? Mike and I don't pre-talk and decide. I, I have an agenda. I'm just going, Lord, in 2020, in the world we're in, literally chaos, it seems like, everywhere. What do you want me to say? And I felt like the Lord just began to lay the scripture on my heart. It was like, Dan, just say this scripture. And so I, I in my office, out loud, I said this scripture. It's, it's John 14, 6. You know the scripture. It says, Jesus, it's his words. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And Hey, that is a verse that us pastors love. Because it's a salvation verse. And it's a verse that we challenge people to know. Jesus is your hope and your way. No other way but him. And we preach it like crazy. And I felt, you know when Jesus spoke to his disciples, do you remember there would be times where he said a verse, it became a verse, he would say a passage, he would say a word, and his disciples literally would look at each other and go, what is he even talking about? Because when Jesus speaks, there's the surface level meaning, and then there's the deeper meaning. The surface level meaning here is pretty obvious. Jesus is saying, I am the way to heaven. Just know me. And then I want to tell you, I believe with this passage this morning, as we look at it, there's levels. And the Lord just kind of laid on my spirit, sitting in my office that day. Keep saying the verse. I'm like, okay, Lord, I will. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I kept saying it over and over. Dan, Dan, listen to what you're saying. Okay, I, I am the way. Watch this. This is what started happening. I am the way for you to know how to handle the chaos that is around you right now. I am the way for that couple that will be sitting toward the back at the healing place. And that Sunday morning when you get there, this is two weeks ago. That Sunday morning when you get there, there's a couple will be sitting toward the back somewhere there. They're not doing well. Tell them that I am the way. That teenager sitting in that service. Um, they're confused right now. Everything's kind of being cut off. They're trying to figure out what's the next thing they're not going to be able to do. They're, They're living in a world of uncertainty. Tell that teenager, I am the way. There's not a situation this morning, sitting in here or watching online, that Jesus isn't the way to solve. And that, to me, is the greatest message that I can bring to you today. Jesus is the way for you to have, watch this, peace in your life this morning, no matter what circumstance you're going through. That's it. That's the message. I've been through some stuff. You guys know I've been here to preach a few times and I've talked about a wayward daughter. And there was a time that I was standing up to preach and I, I didn't even know if I could do it. Like I would be back in the green room or sitting on the front row. And, and I'm worshiping just like you, but I'm going, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. It was literally put one foot in front of the other. Somebody this morning needs to see that Jesus is the way that you can take another step. You're not done yet. Don't see what you're going through is the end. It's not. And we, we're living in a world right now where they're, they're trying to convince us that some man or some woman can fix all this? mm I'm sorry, can't. I, I, I have no idea what's coming in November. I have no idea. But I know who the God is that's in control of everything that happens. Do y'all remember when Jesus stood in front of Pilate and Herod? These great leaders, they were large and in charge. In fact, one of them said to Jesus, do you know who I am? I have the power to either take your life or let you live. Do you remember Jesus' words? He calmly, I would have loved to have been standing right there. He looked right at him and said, actually, the only power that you have Is what my Father in Heaven gives you. You wouldn't have that power if He didn't give it to you. Woo! Boom! (laughs) Boom! Nobody gets into any office but what God doesn't know about it. And God doesn't allow it. And let me tell you what that ought to give everybody in here. Peace. Because God gives peace no matter what. And today... You're in a situation where literally last night you took a couple of pills just so you could sleep. That's how bad you're feeling in your situation. And today I say to you, Jesus said to you, hey, just so you know, in that spot, I am the way. Our problem is we want that way and the way out to happen real quick. When my daughter was wayward, Jesus, I love you like crazy. I know she's wayward. Can we get this done by next week? And and God's like, well, I'm the way and I will decide the timing on the way too. I remember one night praying to Jesus because I'm one of those people. I believe it. I believe that my daughter was God's daughter before she's my daughter. That's what I preach. Our children are God's children before they're our children. He loans them to us. And I remember preaching that and I remember saying, and God, by the way, you can come get her for a couple of weeks if you'd like. And that's what somebody in here is feeling today. You're going to leave service and you've got to go back in your car and you've got to drive back home to a husband who's in that house and he has nothing to do with Jesus. And you're going, Jesus, if you're the way, help me here. And Jesus says, I will. In John 14, this passage I'm preaching from this morning, he said, When I return to heaven, I will ask the Father and he will send the advocate, the Holy Spirit, to be with you. Jesus doesn't lie. The Holy Spirit is here and available for you this morning. And A lot of people in our society, in fact, if I could get on the news today and said, I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit. Do you know that the world goes, ooh, and it's like, why do we do that? Why have we turned the Holy Spirit into something like that in our world? The Holy Spirit... It's here with us this morning. It's a fact. What a wonderful thing that Jesus did for us. He could have said, I'm going to leave you and go to the Father in heaven. And we'll be up there looking down on you. He didn't say that. He said, I'll leave with you the advocate. You are not alone. Somebody watching in line right now. And you are laying in bed. And you're, maybe you're a single individual. And nobody else even in your house or your apartment. And you go, Dan, you don't get it. I'm all alone. No, you're not. Not according to the word of God. The Holy Spirit is here as you call out to him and seek him. And this morning, you're not alone. And I want to tell you something. I've been in church a long time. I've been preaching a long time. I started church. I live in Michigan, but I grew up in South Carolina, a little town called Six Mile. I heard sermon after sermon after sermon. And this morning, this second point that I want to make under Jesus being the way is something that is pretty amazing to me. I turned 60 last week and in this last year of my life, I have done more and seen more of what I'm about to tell you. than all those years combined, and it's the fact of, here it is, the way, you have guidance into your life from Jesus. He says, I am the way for you to have guidance to go out of this place this morning and seek me and get direction for where you need to go. Jesus promises that to every one of us. And I personally in my life have seen that come alive in these last couple of years. Why? Because I've dove into him more. If you want guidance from Jesus, spend time with him. Spend time, invest time. Listen, time spent with Jesus does not return void. You don't go and spend that time and go, well, that was a waste. Never happens. Time with people, void. (laughs) Time on Facebook. I don't know if y'all ever, have y'all ever got to the bottom of that scroll yet? It doesn't I don't think there's a bottom. It's a bottomless scroll and you get to the end and you go, huh. I'm more tired than when I started. And Jesus said, can you come over here with me? It it comes to my mind. Jesus has said, I've scrolled to your bottom and I still got you. And I'll tell you that I used to sit. So I'm going to put myself out in one of your seats I did this two weeks ago. I love this little stool in my office because what y'all need to know why I put this stool in my office is I imagine that I am one of you sitting in the service and I'm over there preaching and I say to myself, where is this connecting? What am I saying that the person sitting in the audience goes, oh, I just saw Jesus there because that's my whole responsibility in my life. Listen, I used to feel I have to think, oh, man, I want to try to say the right words. Now I'm just trying to do what the Holy Spirit leads me to do and then let him do the work. And I used to sit in those seats and I would hear a preacher talk about Jesus giving guidance. And I would think things like, "Eh, I don't get that. That doesn't happen for me. I don't hear Jesus speaking. I want to talk about that a second. I was a youth pastor, and I was 30 years old, half my life ago. And a lady in the church walked up to me. The youth group was doing well. God was blessing it. I was a youth pastor. Every service when I would preach, I would... I would call people to the name of Jesus. It's just who I was. I just loved leading people to the Lord. And this lady, she was a middle-aged lady. She walked up to me during after a service one day, just like, you know, pastors are standing around. This lady walked up and said, Pastor Dan? I said, yes. She said, would you read this? So she said, would you read this? And I went, my kind of book. 40 pages. I said, yeah, I read that. And I started reading it. Um, it, was written, it was written by, I'll, I'll pause here for a second so you can zoom in. That's the lady. Uh, her, her name is Mary Gee. She's 94 years old when I first met her. I'm 30. Do you know what 30-year-olds tend to think of 90-plus-year-olds? I mean, at 30, you know it all. I mean, I walked around at 30 like, I'd love to help all these people that they just listen. And 90-year-olds are wise enough just to sit there and go, ah, let him make his own mistakes. I'm sitting in the middle at 60 now going, I see 30-year-olds and 90-year-olds and I go, two different worlds. So I walked into the nursing homeroom of a 92-year-old woman. She was bedridden, laying in bed. I'm connecting the dot here for you in a moment. You're sitting in the seat going, I don't hear from God like that. Me too. I read this little book. She was a missionary to India, like Mother Teresa, just never became famous. Started an orphanage. That was her whole life. There's a picture of the orphanage on the back of this little book. I read this little book. And the stories in there were unbelievable you really heard God tell you to do that and you did it? Simple thing like, she said Lord told her to take someone an egg one day and found out later that. I was like, come on, Mary. God really told you to take somebody an egg? That's what I went into a nursing home room. I said, Mary, really? God told you to take somebody an egg? She said, what'd you think of the story? I said, that was crazy how God used an egg. She goes, yeah, when you listen to him and he speaks to you, you just have to obey. And she looked at me, I'm a pastor, and she said, do you ever listen to God? And I said, I'm a preacher. She said, what does that mean? I said, I pray and I read my Bible. She said, that's right. That's what you preachers are known for, praying and reading your Bible. You're not known for listening. And you know, she's 92 and in a nursing home bed. I can't do anything (laughs) about that other than say, yes, ma'am. And she said to me that day, would you be willing to try to learn to listen? It's the question I'm going to pose to a teenager sitting in this area. I won't point. Would you be willing to try? Somebody online, are are you willing to try? You say, what does that mean? Well, let me tell you what it meant for me. I said to her, Mary, how do I start? She said, I want you to do something. I said, okay. She said, I want you to go sit by yourself for an hour. And I want you to have a little blank book in your hand. Take your pencil with you. You can have your Bible there if you want to, but I don't want you to be reading it. You read your devotions, do whatever you need to do, and then lay it down. And then go and sit with your pen and your pad for an hour. I went at 5 a.m., and I sat in the middle of the sanctuary, about where the gentleman is in the blue right there. I sat in the middle of the sanctuary with a pen in my hand for an hour. And let me tell you what I heard that first week. I heard a fan blowing back behind the stage. heard, look, it's amazing when you sit real quiet, the things you hear. I heard something drop, and then I'm thinking at 5 a.m., who's dropping something in here? You know, i mean, it freak out a little bit. And I went back to her, she said, what'd you hear? I said, well, let me go over my list here. I heard pretty much nothing. And she said, will you do it again next week? And I'm like, Mary, it's an hour of my time. I'm very important. (laughs) Let me make a long story short. I sat for nine months, an hour every Tuesday morning, five to six Jane would even, my wife would say to me, you going again this week? Yeah. (laughs) What you going to listen for? Pin to drop. (laughs) Heard nothing. Let me just tell you, if you want to hear from the Lord, let me, let me just say to you, you have to be persistent. See, we don't like that part. No, no, Lord, no, I'll listen to you, Lord, but I need you to answer me. Like right now, it's about uh, 10.30. I need you to answer me by 9.45. I need my answer by 9.45. <laughs> just, You need to know just by proposing that to God, you got to know that he's just going, oh, man. This is going to be a long project. <laughs> and I did it for nine months, and I would go see her every week. What do you have to report, Dan? Nothing, Mary. I'm, I don't think God's ever going to speak to me. Oh, I know I'm talking to people who get that thought. And she said, would you just keep trying? It's hard to say no to a 92-year-old who's laying in a nursing home bed. So I did it. And then I remember nine months in, listen. Nine months in, the Lord brought a face to my mind of a man. His name is is Keith Drury. God brought that face to my mind and how I'd held bitterness against that man for many years. And I felt like the Lord said, I want you to call him and I want you to apologize. And I remember going, well, I ain't listening no more. That's what this is about. I mean I wanted to hear stuff like eggs, baby. Give me some eggs, you know. <laughs> Apologize. What is this? Let let me just tell you that if you ever really want to hear from the Lord, the first thing you gotta do is be clean. He, he needed to clean me up. In fact, that's why I went back to Mary. I said, Mary, I got this guy's name from my pastor. Uh, he doesn't even know who I am. I felt like the Lord told me to call. I got to call a guy who doesn't even know me and apologize. Because I've held a grudge against him. She Literally her face, I remember it. She was laying in the bed and her face went. I said, why are you smiling? She's like, there's going to be more people you got to call. I'm like, me. You didn't tell me this. She's like, well, when God cleans you up, then he can really use you, see. Let let me just ask you, is there maybe even someone coming to your mind right now, the Lord, remember I told you the mute button my grandson hit? Are you muting this message right here because you already know somebody that you're holding revenge against and the Lord is saying, you gotta let that go. You're... Mm, I get it because everything inside you go, but you need to know what they did. <laughs> tell, tell that to Jesus hanging on the cross. What if he had looked at the father and said, but God, do you see what they were doing to me? No, he just said, I got to fulfill my calling. I guess I'll go ahead and lay it all down. Have you ever laid it down and lost? Mm-mm. In your surrender? you gain ground. (laughs) What the world calls stepping back is really stepping forward. That's why his ways are not like our ways. And this morning, what I want to propose to you is that you can hear from Jesus, but you're going to have to spend time with him. You know, all my preaching life, I have said something that I think got misunderstood when I sit on the stool and put myself in the service. I always said, ask Jesus in your life and he'll fill you up. What I got in my mind sitting in the seat is, if I just take this glass, if it's me, and it's full of damnness, it's full of who I am. I think when I ask Jesus in my life, he'll fill me right all the way to the top and I'll never have any problems again. That's not the way it works. We call that living an impure life. It's a word we don't talk a lot about anymore. It's called sanctification, being totally clean. Let me propose to you that I believe for most of us where we are is we need to again recognize what I need today is a little splash of Jesus in this area of my life where I'm really weak. Jesus, I need your help because there's a whole lot of me left in that area. About that much. And you're splashing Jesus in this morning, and he's saying to you, I am the way. This, this big marriage issue you're facing, put me in there. Give me an opportunity to show you a different path. Because do you know, Isaiah 42, 19, God says, I have ways that you don't know about. See, when I talk about I want to go over that stool, in my mind, oh, I know how to get there. I can walk this way or that way or that way. Do you know that God has other ways that we don't even see? He has a path for you that's not of this world. That's the story with my daughter. She's home again. By God's grace, she, she loves Jesus like crazy. I thought I knew the path that would get her back. God used a whole different path. To get her and I remember standing going, oh my goodness, I would have never thought of that. This morning, your situation, God's got another path. The question is, will you go and seek him so you can yield to it? So, Our world right now has a path how to fix everything. And I propose to you, God's ways are so much higher. And we need to yield and say, Jesus, how, how would you like me to be involved in the chaos of this world? Show me, Lord, the path I'm supposed to take. Be very, be very careful trying to tell people what they need to do. You go ahead and seek Jesus for yourself. That'll work out best for you. Over 40 years of walking with Jesus now, as a pastor standing in front of you, I must confess, if I look at my whole life, I would have said, fill me up, Jesus, I believe. If I had to tell you, looking at my life, I'm probably somewhere a little past half. You say, you got work to still be done? Yeah. What do you mean by that? Um, there's still a lot of Dan in me. I see it come out sometimes. Sometimes, when I'm over there and nobody else is watching, I I have some struggles. You're admitting that? hmm? Because otherwise, I can't face it. We do this thing in our society called cover up. I'm good. You got a problem there in your life? Nope. We seem to be walking funny. I'm fine. I'm, I'm doing just fine. Seems like something's trickling down on your hand. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think I'm spilling anything. Come on, man. Like Jesus can't see it. Right. Come on, man. Look at it and just go, Jesus, help me with this because I, I know. Uh, I tell them all the time Lord, I'm trying. I want to be. I want to be entirely filled with all the way to the brim. I want to be there. And it's a daily walk. It's a daily decision. Listen to me. Here's what it is. Obedience. When he showed, if he showed you something during the service, obey it. Don't be saying, Jesus, show me another thing. I didn't like that one. Obey the one he's given you. He might be able to trust you with another talent if you use the one he's given you and stop hiding it. Today, I'm here from Michigan, joining right with Pastor Mike and Pastor Rachel, who I know teach this. I just got to tell you, all in the world we live in, can I tell you where peace comes from? Can I just tell you, pouring more Jesus into your life. thats where, This right here is where peace comes from. You don't turn on the news and get peace. You don't. Right here. And here's why, because Jesus said in the second part of that verse, I am the way, the truth, the life, which we know is only through him, but that second word, the truth. Have y'all ever seen a time in your life that it's hard to know what the real truth is? We've got a new phrase in our society, fact check. (laughs) Fact check everything. As a preacher, I don't know, let's fact check what he said. Does he really have a stool in his office? We better go fact check. Well, I want to give you a fact this morning that you can count on, okay? I want to, to leave you with this fact. Listen to this. Jesus is the one sure thing you can count on. Amen. I'm, just tell, I'm just telling you the truth. I sat on my stool. Hey, hey, I got to show you. I sat on my stool and I made my list. I, made, I I literally did this two weeks ago. I started writing on a piece of paper. What is the thing that people think is a sure thing and pour their whole life into? What is it? Maybe this'll connect with somebody. I wrote these words down. Stuff. <laughs> Stuff. A spouse. Somebody's sitting here this morning online, you're watching. And you stood on your wedding day, you said, I do. I till death do to. yes, till death, yes, forever sure thing. Hmm you're sitting here today without that sure thing. And something, see, something happens inside us. We begin to, we call it innocence loss. It's, we see little kids running around. We go, oh, look at them. They look so innocent. We say that because we've had sure things let us down. I know what I can always count on, my best friend. Oh, shoot. I I know, spiritual leaders, they never let us down. Hmm, how'd that work out? My job, there'll never be a COVID in my world, Then it hits. And all of a sudden, you're working from home, then you're totally gone. Education, I know. If I get my master's or doctorate, that'll be a sure thing. It'll let you down. Talents, physical ability, appearance. Man, if I can just one more surgery and I'm there. (laughs) (laughs) And you look in the mirror and you go, shoot. Still got that one big sagger on that side. (laughs) And there you are. It's life. <laughs> Jesus will not let you down. You will not get to the end and go, oh, what a bummer. He will not let you down. And today, I got to tell you what that gives me, hope. And in this world, I'm sorry, what we need is a little hope. Well, y'all got it. Y'all got it. Because you came to the healing place. And in the healing place, we say the name Jesus. And there's your hope. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.